Grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Through God our Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not always the quickest person when you tell me something. You know, sometimes I have to let what you've said to me hang in the air for a few seconds before I get what you're talking about. With me, context is everything. If I don't have any context as to what you're saying, I may ask you, what are you talking about? (laughs) However, in a rare moment of rapid brain processing, when Alex and Aaron were in the first grade, I think it was, that's how long it's been, Aaron tells me at the dinner table one night about this book he's reading in school. I remember it clearly. This is all he said, and I immediately knew what he was talking about. Dad, there's this book called Baseball Saved Us, and there were these towers. And I said, Japanese-American prisoner camps, right? I got it right with just a little bit of information. That was all I needed. No context, because you put baseball together with towers and the line, baseball saved us. I mean, I know that's what the people that were put into the internment camp spent a lot of time doing to keep from going stir-crazy, from boredom. I got it right. Exile is not something we're used to in this country. The last time it happened, 78 years ago, it directly affected a relatively small part of the population. Now, I knew about the Japanese internment camps because I'm, I'm interested in that kind of history. Most of, the, most of us in this country are aware of what happened then because of, well, I mean, we've been educated about it, right? There's been movies and TV programs about it. My kids knew about it at an early age because of a children's book. Now, if you were to go to Russia and the Ukraine and the other countries that were once part of the Soviet Union, exile happened on a much bigger scale than in America. Lenin and Stalin had the Red Army displace hundreds of thousands of people deemed lesser than Russian to Siberia and other wastelands so that they would basically just disappear and die. The memories of these exiles are still too painful to recount and generations of Ukrainians and Georgians and Armenians, they don't know what their ancestry is. They don't know where they've exactly where they've come from. From what I've learned, if you weren't full-blooded Russian, chances are you were forced out of your home and sent somewhere far away, out of sight, out of mind. That was the goal of the Soviets. Now, go to Israel... And exile has a much different ring to it. To an Israeli, to a Jew, your life, your family, your ancestors, exile is a part of your identity. It's about the people having been dispersed for centuries and returning to build the nation. Remember when I, Jill and I came back from Israel and I showed you the pictures? And Myrna, you remember it too. The Israelite or the 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 Israelis don't just leave their antiquities preserved. They're rebuilding the stuff. They're adding on to it. Israel has experienced many painful exiles in her history. 
Many of you have learned about the most famous one in Sunday school. Egypt, right? But there are more. 722 years before Christ was born, Assyria to the north took Israel prisoner and deported those their army hadn't killed to other lands. 200 years later, Babylon to the east invades and takes Judah and the southern kingdom of Israel, including the inhabitants of Jerusalem, far away into the lands of Persia. 500 years after that, the Roman Empire would disperse every Jew from Judea to the four corners of the earth. Now, when a person in my position preaches or teaches on the major and minor prophets from the Hebrew Bible, as I am doing now, exile is always going to be a thing. You, you can hardly get away from it because exile was the situation God raised the prophets to speak into. If the prophets weren't warning the people it was going to happen, if they didn't repent, then they were speaking comfort and hope of restoration to the people after it had already happened. To preach on the prophets all year long, oh man, that would become tedious. You know, we'd get bored with it. In fact, I know it's been an underlying theme I've spoken about a few times already this summer. So, what's with Ezekiel then? More exile? Of course. It's in there. But with a slightly different flair. We don't hear much from this book during the year. And I, I checked it, and about 90% of Ezekiel is not heard on Sundays in the church. <clears throat> Chapter 18, however... It's one of the most important chapters in the whole book because God addresses the people's individual sins and individual judgment in a very personal way. And you heard that. See, most of the time God speaks to the whole nation of Israel through his prophets. But here in Ezekiel, he focuses uh, his words to each person who would hear him. It's, do you agree? It's, the, the chapter sounded very works-oriented uh, works or salvation through works kind of stuff. And that's typical of the Old Testament. Because remember, before Jesus arrived, you were saved by trusting in God the Father and His righteousness would be yours if you trusted in Him and obeyed His commandments, Right? There was, there was an emphasis on righteous living. And that came from the commandments. And all the laws of Moses that came to the people over time. God was telling them how to live. And if they lived that way, they would be right with God. Now, Jill and I were watching the movie Munich the other day. Have you seen this movie, Munich? It, you know, it came out several years ago. It's a Stephen... Spielberg film about the 1972 Summer Olympics and uh, the killings of the Israeli athletes by the Palestinians. I'm, I'm sitting there watching this movie for, for two hours of, I, I mean, it's a violent movie. You know, there's a lot of violence. You know, there's ambushes, 
bombs and grenades going off, machine gun fire, helicopters blowing up, blood everywhere. And, And I'm wondering, why aren't any of the Israeli characters in this story saying anything about God? You know, why aren't the Jews in this story displaying any struggle with their conscience about blowing people up and getting their revenge in this violent way? And finally, towards the very end of the movie, finally, one of the Israeli characters finally speaks up and says, what are we doing? As a Jew, I was brought up to believe in righteousness. Well, that's a good question for any one of us. Even us Gentile Christians who've been grafted into Israel on account of the Messiah having arrived. God no longer threatens us with exile if we don't listen to him and follow his ways. He's made a new pact with us in his son Jesus. Every time we fail to listen to God, every time we fail to obey his commandments, every time we ignore what he said about the world and people and we make up our own ways, Every time we fall short of his expectations, the blood of Jesus shed for us on the cross covers all of that and pays for the exile we deserve from God and all his blessings. Now, in particular to this chapter is the complaint from the people Israel towards God that he is unjust. Israel believes the Lord's judgments just come out of nowhere for for any reason. You know, they're arbitrary and unpredictable. Does that seem familiar today? I mean, think about the charges against God from the community of God-haters and scoffers. You know, They they, they level these complaints against God that he unjustly condemns innocent people. Well, look, all of that aside... We Christians sometimes wonder, gee, Lord, what are you doing? Fires, floods, and storms destroy without warning or little warning. You know, sometimes the world seems very chancy to live in. And if we acknowledge that God has his hand working in all of these things, then then what is he doing? But God, see, God turns our complaints back to our face. And this comes in verse 25 and says, no, it's our ways that are fickle and arbitrary. God acts consistently according to his rules of justice. He doesn't just change his mind on a whim. Life or death depends on whether or not one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, one lives out that faith. Righteous living will happen on account of faith in Jesus. Not perfect righteousness. That still awaits us after our resurrection on the last day. But the hope for each day here is actions and behaviors which are better than yesterday's and the days before that, the old ways. Lives, new lives that benefit ourselves, others, and give God glory. Now, I don't know. I've read some Christian opinions that we are in a kind of exile as a people, as a nation. Can you think of some ways that that might be the case? You know, are there some parallels to 
Israel's exiles and what we've been experiencing in our land? I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I mean, some people can get real philosophical with these things, with these kinds of questions. I'm a little more pragmatic. Are we being displaced from our homes? No. Has our country, our identity been pulled out from under us by another nation? Well, no. Not yet, anyway. I mean, if you're a certain age, like me, or over a certain age, you know, we grew up with that threat, didn't we? The old Soviet bear again, right? Looking to make us like him or die. But if you live long enough, you start seeing the same old problems roll around, just in a newer outfit, perhaps. Nevertheless, we hear the words of the prophet Ezekiel echo through the ages. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest they be your ruin. Make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit, for I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the God, Lord, Lord God. So turn and live. And what are our responses to these words? Well, we cry in our worship service, create in me, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Because, after all, it is He that does the work, right? Nothing can be done on our part to make us righteous. It's Him. So may it be so for you. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.